Good evening and welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Once again, it's Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time. Where is it? Eastern Daylight. Where are we when the time changes? Everyone gets mad and gets confused driving around in the dark at the wrong time. What is that, daylight time or Eastern time? I get confused, too. I'd say it's Eastern. So we're 7 7 p.m. Eastern. How about that, Jack? Yeah, here we are, Wednesday. We're going to talk about small business, which we we absolutely love with a passion. We being myself, my name's Jack Mancini, and my longstanding business partner, Adam Sunhalter, and we are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. And Dirty Secrets of Small Business is our show, the name of the show, and what we do is extract actual live ongoing situations with business owners, small business owners defined as 25 employees down to one. But there are are problems and there are issues that we meet on a daily basis. Over our 15 years, we've covered just about everything you can imagine. And so we made a radio show out of it. And we talk about those dirty secrets that pop up and those business situations that pop up. And there's solutions to all of them. And a lot of the business owners could benefit tremendously by listening to us and copying those little answers. And that's okay. We allow that. Copy to your heart's content. (laughs) (laughs) But tonight we're going to talk about avoiding, avoiding common pitfalls. Working with your spouse. Now, many of us have spouses, and many of us have situations that when you're combining two personalities like that, that live together, uh, married, otherwise, whatever the arrangement, makes no difference. They live together and they work together. Wow. That's pretty tough. And anyone who doesn't think it's tough is crazy. And you know what it (laughs) means to live through that, you folks who, who know exactly what I'm talking about. But, Adam, you've had a, uh, a comparative opportunity here with, with parents growing up that basically, I don't think they ever fought. <laughs> they That's never, right. took, they never took all these pitfalls. So you've, uh, seen, the, you've seen the optimum <laughs> outcome here. Right. And you've also seen the non-optimum outcome here. So we're going to talk about them. We're going to mix it in with some of our business uh, experiences that we meet day-to-day with our clients. So what do you think, Adam? Tell us about how great... That's working with your spouse in a business is. That's right. Well, as you might as you might have gathered from the title about pitfalls, it's not all. Uh, people seem to be very fond of talking about rainbows and unicorns. I'm not really sure what that means in terms I of. I don't know because that's supposed to be like all oh, fairy dust and things are great. Yeah, I don't necessarily think unicorns and rainbows are all. Like, rainbows are kind of cool, but I don't know about unicorns. It's kind of creepy, actually. But in any case, goofy. So, so it's goofy. No, goofy's from Mickey Mouse, right? Well, that's you know, who's what's Mickey Mouse, right? <laughs> that's right, all the good stuff. Oh, that's separate discussion. So, yes. So here I am, 40, 45 years old. My parents are still perfect. Is that what you're trying to tell me? That they, they, they've Pretty never fought, never, never had any problems? Never an argument on <laughs> either business or personal. Right. So. so, yeah, something that's very near and dear to my heart, as far back as I can recall, you know, my parents have, have always worked together. And, again, when you grow up around that, you assume that's just how things are. And things went relatively smoothly. You know, there were some different discussions, and, and they did some things very, very well that I didn't realize until a little later in life that how well they were doing certain things, Jack. <coughs> Excuse me. So 
a big part of it is is they did a good job of uh, of avoiding many of the pitfalls we'll talk about tonight, but also they did some things that are are good you know to do. So we'll talk and cover in, in, in today's show some do's and don'ts. And, do's and don'ts are good. I like that. And you can learn. <laughs> you can learn from other people. If you can learn from other people's mistakes, that's even better because those are less painful than your own, um, and they can also save you some heartache and some other troubles throughout throughout that time. So we'll get into that tonight. And if, if you want to be part of the show, you're always welcome here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You can you can give us a call, 440-946-9468. Uh, we can answer phone calls that way. You can tweet at us, at Maximum uh, MVP, and at Jack M MVP, and at Adam Sonhalter. You can also email us, radio at MaximumVP.com. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. You can also text that same number, 440-946-9468, to put your questions in there as well. So whatever works best for you, feel free to kind of throw it out there and be happy to, to respond and collect your thoughts and ideas. And if you have some, some stories to share, we've got plenty of stories to share. But if you have your own story you want to share when it comes to your spouse and why you feel it's a good thing to do and how well it's worked for you. You know, as we were going through and looking at this, not only from our from our own perspective and personal experiences, like you're mentioning, Jack, but we have all kinds of clients like that, too. So we'll vicariously live through client situations in terms of things that are going well that are things that aren't going well. But it's not to say no-brainer, but it's a very common thing to have spouses working together. I mean, you figure this is a person that, that you're, you're, you're getting married to, you, you live with, you maybe, maybe you procreate with, you have all this kind of stuff that, you know, in common. Why not get into business together as well? Who else would who else would be a better partner, right? It happens time after time when when businesses start the the people who started the business look around for people who they trust first, or at least that's what they say. And who else can you trust more than your spouse technically? And and from that basically you you start a company. So many companies start with friends and family and there are huge pitfalls with that and that's what we're going to get into tonight you you think they're the optimum selection for being uh, a business partner or come into business with you but boy that that is not an easy sale not (laughs) s-a-l-e-s-a-i-l Easy sh- ship to sail. That's a uh, sail with a bunch of holes in it. So, so let me give you a couple things. So, again, so my parents had a company. They worked together for 40 years, and they're getting ready to celebrate their 50th anniversary in terms of wedding. So, uh, success on both fronts, okay? Four decades in business, five decades uh, together as a married couple. And, again, th- they, are, they are abnormal. I didn't know that growing up, but they are abnormal. In a good way, okay. Let me just give you a couple, a couple of, of, of to dos that they, I think that they did very, very well. Uh, first off, when it comes to a spouse in the business, this is true whether you're in business with a spouse or another partner, but it, someone, someone, one needs to be in charge. One person, okay. Now, that may be a very different person in your personal life versus your business life. And that's okay. And that was the, that was the case for my parents. There was no doubt that my dad was in charge when it came to the business side of stuff. He was the face of the company. He was he was the guy going out to get the clients. He understood the business part of it. She was more behind the scenes, more in a support role, handling the financials, a lot of the HR stuff. She handled a lot more. In in the MVP term, she handled a lot more of the administrative circles, where my dad was handling more of the product and service circles, and the marketing and sales circles. So he was definitely the guy who was in charge when it came there. 
Now, when it came to the home front, it could be a very different story. Altogether different. That's right. And I was discussing with my dad the other day. He still on. He still has an allowance every uh, every <laughs> every month that he's on <laughs> as a seventy year old man. But that's that's how things have been with them for years. My mom's very good with the numbers. She handles handle the numbers obviously in the business, but also from a, from a personal standpoint. But there's no doubt that she rules the roost and is in charge when it comes to the home front, too. Not necessarily, these aren't necessarily good or bad ways, but it's, just, it's a very different and very distinct way that they handle things, okay? And, again, that's just how it was. That's just, you know, that's just how it was. And they kind of lucked out accepting those roles so early on and then keeping them, keeping them working, you know, rather than encroach on each other's territory. It uh, it's worked out well, and that's that's somewhat of the magic formula that basically allows somebody to do that, to not compromise, to basically uh, just give in. You know, it's not give in in a negative way. It's just okay. This is your turf. This is my turf, and you handle it. And tell me what whenever I'm on your turf, what I'm doing, what I should do, and I'll respect that. And that's what they've accomplished, and that's what's required for for any partnership to, to thrive, spouse or no spouse. That's right. And the, the tying into this, they have they they had very clearly clearly defined roles, you know, within both situations. And what's interesting about it too is you know, my brother bought the company, officially took over about three years ago. He's been president, kind of running things for for a little longer than that. And my mom has assumed a similar kind of role with my brother. You know, my, my brother's the guy who's in charge. Again, he's handling the product and service side. He's handling handling the, the the marketing and sales piece, where she's still handling a lot of the administrative stuff now. She give him an allowance too, or no? <laughs> she she would love would love to. Um, she does it from the business standpoint. She'll 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 uh, help guide from that standpoint. But on the personal front, she's given all kinds of guidance about it, Jack. But you know, ever since he you know became about sixteen or seventeen and started working for himself, she wasn't able to work the allowance you know, the, the, the allowance level anymore, right? But yeah, she would she'd absolutely love to, right? I'm, I'm sure. She's probably uh, advised his, his 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 wife on that, but it's a little different when you know, you know when you get into involved in that. So, so having again having somebody in charge that's that's a key overall thing. But sub you know a sub bullet point is underneath that in terms of having just those roles then defined. So being in charge is a big part of it, but also having those roles very well defined and people staying in their staying in the roles. That's you know, that's a big deal. And we see a lot of folks that don't necessarily do that or haven't done that very well. Where it gets very confusing, you know, if somebody's not in charge, and it's like kids with parents, you know, they'll go to mom for one thing or dad for another thing, or they'll go back and forth depending on what response they're looking for. If no one's in charge, or if they're both in charge, and if they aren't, you know, because it's difficult, people are, you got multiple people in charge to get them on the same page. So the divide and conquer strategy often will happen, and much like kids, employees will go to one versus the other and try to get what they're looking for. Knowing that one, hey, we've got examples of this. You know, we've got a client we've worked with now for, for a number of years where the, the wife is playing more the bad cop. And the husband, who's really the person in charge, um, will often talk very tough, but people kind of know there's that soft, softer side to him, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, they can get pretty much what they're looking for if it's just him. But if she's involved, whether it be involved physically in the meeting, if they're having a meeting or discussion, or it's the meeting after the meeting when the husband goes back and talks to the wife about what's kind of going on, and um, the wife will often play the bad, the bad cop. 
And it wasn't a conscious decision on that end either. Just kind of that's the roles that they've kind of taken on. And so that's just how they operate. And so is that a, a good functioning bad I, you know for, you know they create some frustration forms we have you know we've had we've, we had discussions with the spouses about this in terms of some of the challenges and frustrations it, you know it creates because it's it, it, it's very different when one is a little softer softer touch a little more free spending perhaps than the other one again it creates you know, much like a can in the, in the personal life it can create problems in the business life as well. So not having those roles necessarily clearly defined or people you know, sticking in them can be very, very, uh, very, very challenging, especially when you kind of fall into those roles. So money creates, you know, can create a, a pretty, a pretty big issue. And so we're touching on this now because, again, this is going to be a theme throughout the show, Jack, in terms of money kind of, you know, because money is a big deal, in it, you know, when it comes to business. Or the personal life, money you know, always creates. A Money's always, always at, at the heart, no question. But also at the heart is taking things personal. And as you, if you have a spouse, you know that your spouse reacts to certain things at certain times. So you learn through the years not to, <clears throat> excuse me, not to push those points. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to back off for a minute on that thought until until we get back from our break. Our break. Oh, you're going to tease the audience. Jack. I am. I want to tease. That's good. All right. So we'll tease them about that. There's a lot, we got a lot of good stories to kind of share. We, we, we shared here just a couple of to-dos. Okay. We've got some to-don'ts as well. We're going to share those, and we've got some good stories to share there as well. But this is, again, it's a common thing. If, if you are currently working with your spouse, if you're thinking about pulling your spouse into the business, or if you know people who have their spouse in the business, this is a good holiday time discussion, Jack, for people when you're around, around time. Right. So anyway, stick around. We've got some more stuff to go. Jack just teased you. What would you tease him about, Jack? What are you going to talk about? About personal stuff. Personal stuff. All right. So we're going to come back to talk more, more about personal stuff when we head back from the break here. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. By the way, we're business coaches with a company called Maximum Value Partners. We've got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. All right, all right, all right. We're back. Halfway through the show already. Can you believe it, Jack? We've been talking about planning for I, half an I, hour I already, right? I swear to God, Adam, I thought we were just starting. All right. If you have some planning thoughts or ideas, you want to be part of the show, give us a call or text us. Text us. Same number, 440-946-9468. If you're a little shy and want to hide behind your smartphone, you're more than welcome to do that in Texas. Or you can call that same number again, 440-946-9468. I'm worried. You're not going to have to tell them how much money you're making. Or tell them how much each other you know, each other is making. You you keep that part quiet, but just about everything else should be open for discussion in terms of what's kind of going on. And what you'll do is again, good people want to be involved. We've had uh, you know, discussions about this. We've we had we've covered this topic in in different shows, Jack, in terms of uh, of good people. And pay is certainly one of the one of the top five things people care about, but it's not necessarily number one. Being involved in what's going on, being asked their opinion, being able to participate, being able to grow, be, you know, being part of, being part of the organization, you know, just again, having their voice heard, is a big part of what keeps people as part of a company, as part of an organization. So, what a great way to start to engage your team in a way you've never done it before, and to get the best thinking—not only your thinking <coughs> as the owner, but your key people's best thinking too in terms of what's going to happen because 
their crystal ball might be a little better in certain areas than yours. That's right. You'd like a lot of brains working for you, especially brains that are aware of your company, understand different facets of it very well. Certainly better than you in many cases. So how do you extract that? How do you get those those thoughts uh, incorporated into the, the guidance of the company? And how do you build, you know, talk like, you like to talk about employees being your most important asset. <laughs> well, you, you know, very few people do much about that. And to bring your people in and let them, let them bask in the sunshine of their ideas, especially when they work, there's nothing better than build morale. You know, what a great company this is. I get recognition and, and you know, just good stuff. That's what good stuff looks like. So for those of you who are, who are uh, longtime loyal listeners of the show or for those of you who know us off the air and got to know us, you have a good sense of our backgrounds where Jack and I um, – you know, we have had a number of years between both of us with bigger corporations, understanding how they how they work, how they kind of do things. And most of our clients we talk about with the show are smaller companies, 25 employees down to one. We also have a few clients that are bigger than that because, again, we've got the experience to do it. But the, the problems and the, and the approaches and the, and the challenges are the same. Same. The first step with something like this in terms of a plan is getting it on the calendar. So that can be in and of itself, depending how how big and, and, and complex your organization can be very difficult to start with. But just getting a date on the calendar to, to get your key people together to talk about a plan. And I know today might be really busy or tomorrow might, might be really busy. But if we look out a few weeks or if you need to, a few months and find a half a day, half a day where you can pull your team out off site somewhere. Go wherever you need to go to get this to get them, get them out and start talking about this stuff. Start talking about here's where we want to start to kind of pull together a plan and, and to start to see what are we going to do in the next 12 months? What's it going to look like? We're we going to make money. We're not going to make money. How, how are we going to make money? Yeah. What's, what are we What are we trying to do this year? Just let's have broad goals. Sales of so much, profit of so much. Now let's fill in the dots. How are we going to get these sales? How are we going to get this profit by by Measuring if we're a manufacturing plant, our our productivity and building and and building to our inventory and things of that nature. How are we going to get? How are we going to accomplish those things? So part of what you want to talk about is is where things have been, but you want to talk about also where things are going to go. And we always start discussion as much as we did, we did tonight. We know that the plan is not going to be right because there's no way I consider today and tell you what's going to happen every day for the next 12 months. I don't know. But is that a reason not to try and to get my best thinking down in terms of what do I think is going to happen? I don't know if the if, if the Browns are going to win another game or, or not this year, Jack, but I can take a look at it and see. They don't know either, but they're going to try. They're going to plan. They're, they're going to have a different plan every week to try to get a win. They're planning in weekly, in weekly chunks as well as monthly and, and annual and you know bigger than that. Every organization you look at that, that has some success or not, when they're, when they're doing well, they're planning. There's planning everywhere. So for owners of small companies who just push it aside, again, we when we first started doing this, we we, you know, we didn't we weren't aware. Again, g- given our uh, our time in big corporations, we assumed that's always a bad word. We assumed, like many people do with small companies, that if you've been around for a while, that you must have 
some sort of plans in place. And we used to give out that that, that one pager, Jack, after yeah, our first meeting. Yeah, I remember that people. well. It was a condensed corporate. Yeah, uh, hey, a little diligence we're doing. I get a sense. And, hey, why don't you give me. So we want to start talking. Let's see your plan. Let us see this, this, and Yeah, that. all we, the stuff we thought everybody had, right? We were speaking Russian, I think, <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yeah, we weren't getting many phone calls back after that because when we realized it was because most people didn't, didn't have those and they were a little embarrassed or they didn't know what half the stuff was. They didn't know they were supposed to have this stuff in place, and nobody ever told them. Nobody ever told them they were supposed to, nor did they tell them how to go about doing it. So one of the things you signed up for, whether you knew it or not, when you decided to start your company, is that you're the, the, the chief planner, certainly to begin with. And until you get other people on board, you have to be the one that, that, that leads this. And it's, just getting it started is, is the key. And you find, find your key people. You may have one other key person. You may have five other key people. I don't know. But there's got to be other key people that are going to get involved in this in this discussion. So get a date on the calendar to have a to have this discussion. I don't care how, again, most people, if you look out a few weeks or a few months, chances are your calendar. Unless you're a CEO of a Fortune 1000 company, if you're a president of a country or something like that, okay, your calendar might be booked for the next year. Good, but, chan- <clears throat> good chance. But the rest of us, <laughs> hey. I'm pretty, we have time. I'm, I'm pretty open, right? Absolutely. So it's a matter of kind of time. committing to it and putting it on there and start having these discussions with the idea of, hey, wouldn't you and the team that you, that you have, wouldn't you like to have some control or some say in what happens to your company? Wouldn't you like to have, a instead of worrying about that phone call I mentioned that, that might come in from your top customer or they're going to cut back on production for you or cut back on what they're going to do business with you, wouldn't you want to know that sooner versus later? And, boy, if you were in the planning process, and part of the planning process would be having you reach out to your customers to talk about what's kind of going on. What are they planning for next year? And maybe you would have found out about that a few weeks ago or a few months ago. They haven't been telling you today, but you may have found out earlier about what's kind of going on. It gives you a sense of, of what's out there because, again, you'll find most companies that are, that are, that are well run have a planning culture. So let me come back to the people. So I mentioned the people at the start of this, and, and this is going to be circled back a little bit. So the, the people get involved. People, people who are good want to, want to get involved. You said, I think, Jack, how do you know what good people are? Did you mention that or no? I did. Okay. Yeah. So one of the best ways we know how to do this, and come, come back to our seven keys again, if you look at that seven keys document, again, it's at MaximumVP.com. Under the MVP playbook, you'll see a nice little link for the seven keys to success. Key number seven is presenting. Presenting. Sounds like another fancy pants word, Jack, but it's really not, okay? Well, again, you take the academia flair and focus off it, and it should be simple, enthusiastic, convincing. I don't care who you're giving it to. It should be you're in charge, and why wouldn't you be in charge of your own presentation? How do you get good at that? Well, you, you, you as the owner, you want to know who your best people are. And so some of the things you want to be able to judge on is you want to understand how how they think. And if somebody's coming to present to you, you get to ask questions when they're presenting, when they're talking. As the, the, the more they talk, the more they, they let out. You see how good they are. You sort of see how good your team is together. Are there issues amongst your team? Are they, are they not getting along? Is there some friction that's there that maybe you weren't aware of? But now as you see them discussing things or working through a, a challenge or an issue or, or a problem, you yeah, see them in a sides. totally different lens. That's right. And, and it, it's uh, as a CEO, you know, you know that people don't approach you with uh, the, the issues of the day. It's very hard to get information from your own people. But when they're required to present, whole different ballgame. 
So the the, the the people side's a big a big part of this, and the message don't don't underestimate the message it sends. Now it may create some. If this is your first planning meeting. It might create some stress, or some worries, or whatever it might be. Because again, it's you know whenever you have a, a, a culture of not having meetings, and all of a sudden you're having a meeting, people start to talk, and usually they'll talk negative. Something bad, something happened. What's going on? Why all of a sudden? Why is Jack calling a meeting all of a sudden to plan? He's been complaining about plans for years, and all of a sudden we're, we're pulling together a planning we're meeting. Do it. What's yeah. what's what's going on? Who came in and you know convinced him otherwise? So. It's you know be aware of that, but it, it sends a good message that hey we're we're starting to put some plans together. We're trying to again take some control or have some idea of what we're trying to do and, and to go out instead of making money by accident when it comes to business, we're going to go out and try to make money on purpose. And here's how we're going to go about doing it. And the planning is the way you do it. And the, it's the way you get your people. So don't put all the pressure on you and your shoulders as the owner. Share some of that burden with your key people. Again, even if it's like one other person, that's going to have the burden for you. Okay. If you got five people, it's going to again. It's going to it's going to it's going to spread it out to them, and you'll have some very very good good ideas. Now we mentioned before that 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 the plan's not going to be right. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about a client of ours that over the course of a year they were within 0.4 percent of their plan. Stay tuned here about that. I'm Adam Sunhalter. Hey, I want to hear about that too. How the heck did they do that, Adam? Got to stay tuned, Jack, to hear about it. Okay. All right, okay. so we, I'm staying tuned. All right, we got we got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online wintradio.com. After all these tears between us. All right, all right, all right, we're back halfway through the show already. Can you believe it, Jack? We've been talking about planning for I, half an hour I, I already, right? I swear to God, Adam, I thought we were just starting. All right, if you have some planning thoughts or ideas you want to be part of the show, give us a call or text us. Text us. Same number, 440-946-9468. If you're a little shy and want to hide behind your smartphone, you're more than welcome to do that in Texas, or you can call that same number. Again, 440-946-9468. Give us some of your reasons why you don't plan or maybe why you started to plan and we, we, we were sharing some ideas tonight in terms of how that kind of works but we're looking for some good thoughts good thoughts with texting the ones that have been rolling through uh good effort but you can do better to the standard that uh, we're trying to achieve we know our audience can do better so all right <laughs> yeah i want to hear some good texts coming in so i talked about heading to break about again we mentioned plans are not going to be right the idea is not to be right with the plan because it's never right However, a client of ours is coming through this year, and they're about 0.4% off of their plan. Wow. They're just missing their plan. 0.4%. Now, that, so that must mean that they're so smart, Jack, and they had everything laid out day in and day out, week after week, month after month for the entire year. They had all, they had all figured out. There were no surprises with these guys, right? It was just that, that was it. They're so smart, so predictable. No problem at all, right? That's right. No, that's that's exactly the makeup of those people. We could uh, describe them to a T, but we don't want to take the time on the show. Sounds like a fairy tale, doesn't it? Cause it's a, cause, because it is a fairy tale. It's not really what happened, okay? The 0.4% being off happened. But that the, happened. But the plan that was laid out a year ago had all kinds of good stuff in it and had the key team involved. And this is a, a, a pretty decent-sized organization. We had the top uh, top eight people in the company that are part of the planning process. 
and they had their best thoughts, best ideas. People are in charge of different areas of the company, and they had they had a plan put together. And one of the big rallying cries for the plans we talk about, we look at the top line, the sales, and we look at cash flow or profits. Okay, and we like to get those numbers burned into people's brains. Hey, what's the plan calling for? And it's almost like a pledge of allegiance, right? Come up every morning. Hey, here's here's our goal for sales for the year. Here's our goal for 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 for, for profit or cash. No, Whatever we're right. focus on. So it becomes that kind of beacon, that that guiding light. It's that it's that lighthouse in the in the foggy, dark, choppy seas that can often be running a company, and help keep your bearings for you, right? And so if I've got all my key people focused on the same goal. We have a much better chance of getting there. Even when those waves start kind of coming and the storms come in or you know, if we start drifting along, whatever it might be, if we're all focused on trying to achieve that same goal, well, that's what happened with this, this company. It's you know, people who, who uh, are, are aware of where we're trying to go will often surprise you. Their life kind of cross uh, dissects with other people in business. Why don't you tell them the story about the... Uh, the moving company client that we had, and their their guy picking up a half a million dollar order in a in effect indirectly at a pool hall. That's your story. That's my story. Yeah, you got you got claims to that one. <laughs> okay, so so another story to, different to show you getting people yeah, involved no, no. with the with the process. I got and you. Knowing where the I didn't finish that story. I'll come back to that story too in a second. So yeah, so this story <laughs> the story you're talking about Jack is yeah it's presenting to the people what the plan's going to be. This is a client of ours years ago who who wanted to pull pull the team together, and at, at, at that point they had I think 17 employees. So they said pull them all together. Hey, even the guys in the back that don't even that, that I'm not even sure what their names are, that or, or I'm not sure they even talk, or I don't know what they do. They kind of come out of the dark. Yeah, yeah, bring them out too, right? So bring them in and explain to them what you're trying to do. We explain the plan in terms of the seven keys of what we're trying to do in terms of here's here's the plan for the year. Here's what we're working on. Here's our goals for the year. And one of the things that they talked about, they had a certain market that, that they were trying to that, that they were trying to focus on. Here's a market that we're trying to grow. We're, we're, we're open for business in this line of business. If if you're aware of stuff, just say it. It, it was it wasn't even necessarily emphasized more than anything else as part of the discussion or part of the presentation for the plan, but it was, it was mentioned. So one of these the, the guys again kind of coming out of the shadows out of the back room that that that, that everybody kind of looked past had a weekly get together with some buddies that go shoot pool every week at a bar and lo and behold within the next few weeks one of the guys he's playing pool with happened to work for a company that they wanted to get into he didn't even know about it. just again they're playing pool doing whatever and this guy was just complaining about how they had a moving company in there and they're screwing around they're sleeping on the job they're stealing stuff and the light bulb goes off this guy he goes hey wait a minute I just heard the boss and the team talking about our plans for coming up for this year, and they mentioned, hey, this is a, a key area that we want to be able to focus on. Hey, we could probably help you out, right? Let me kind of do it. So he comes back in and says, hey, I got somebody I met last night. Just so we should talk to him. As Jack said, within a, a, a few months, it became a half-million-dollar order. Holy crap. What a good Half million dollar order. <laughs> that is a good story. Almost like falling out of the sky, right? How that happened? It makes the point. It makes the point perfectly. Let me, let me come back to my 0.4% people, Jack. So they had best plans laid out, best thoughts laid out. And within a few weeks, a key customer at one of their plants said, yep, this ain't working for us. We're leaving. 
So there were the, the vast majority of the volume going to that plant. Gone. Gone within a month. What are we going to do? We close it, close, should we close that facility down? All of a sudden, you start looking at all the possibilities. What's going to happen? How do we get more business in there? How, how does this stuff start to happen? Well, what happened was not only the person who was in charge of that area, but also the rest of the team started to come to focus. You got eight great minds coming to work on this thing to help figure this thing out. Not just one person out on their own. The team's coming together and trying to find ways to get more business in there, make, make things start to happen. The other parts of the business started to pick up the slack for the other part of the business a little bit. How'd they do that? Well, there's a lot of places. When people start to get engaged in this, it's amazing. I, I'm trying to think, Jack, in our, in our, in our 15 plus years together of doing this, and, and we coach all of our clients on numbers. It's rare. I'm trying to think of even a, even a scenario here. We've had we've had people that don't want to do it. There, there ones that we, we, we kind of drag in a little bit early on about it, but once they start getting into their numbers, start presenting, start doing some of this planning stuff, it becomes addictive to a certain extent because they start to see things in a way that they, that they never saw it before. It's hard. It's hard to explain. You just can't explain it. You got to live through it. So there are many things like that. So what happened with, with this client we're talking about? You know, we you know we talked to, to a handful of uh, the folks who are on a regular weekly basis, and so as we're going through, and they're going through their their day to day, and they're paying attention to the numbers in ways that, that they never had before, because all of a sudden they're being exposed to the numbers that way. Well, wouldn't you know it? Because they're the ones on the front lines. They're all of a sudden seeing opportunities, and these aren't—they aren't all million-dollar ideas, okay? But hey, I'm seeing a—you know—we have a cleaning company coming in here that we could, if we do some things better on our end, all of a sudden we could we could you know, reduce some costs for for our cleaning company, or the folks are, that are providing our uniforms, we can go negotiate with them. All of a sudden, they started to find different places where all of a sudden a bunch of like we would say like a bunch of like little nickels and dimes were kind of laying around that they started picking up. They started to become real money, and what happened was that the plan that was laid out did not happen anywhere near what they expected. There are a bunch of stormy seas. This, this, this one customer leaving was, was, was part of the stormy sea. Some stuff breaking down that they didn't plan on happened. Some government stuff that was happening in terms of the, the local government kind of squeezing them for stuff. Things that happened that, that they, didn't, they didn't plan As on. As they say, life happens, and it always will. That's a great phrase. You, know, you, you can't define what's going to happen, both plus and minus. That's right. Right. It's a matter of how you react to it. That's, and, that's, and, that's and, it exactly. And what happened was this team, this team of eight, was bought into the goal, the overall goals of the sales and their profit goals. They all knew it, and they were all incented to make that happen. They, they, they wanted to make that happen. That's what, they're, that's what they're shooting for. And so they were trying to do whatever they could to take care of their piece that they're responsible for, but also to help other people do it. And, again, like any company, you're, you're tied together. And if you're in separate divisions, you're all kind of tied to the same mothership, folks. And so you, you, you know, it's working together, and, and you can help each other. And it's amazing, again. And it was funny because it, it didn't necessarily sink in for them. It was kind of up there. And often when people are presenting numbers, people will kind of you know blush over stuff. And I had to say, time out. Folks, take a look. Do you realize? Look, look, look how close you were. Look how close you were. Right, with all the like, pluses and minuses. Right. That's so, right. So, so what does that do? So, if, if we, you know, I, I'm not saying they're going to be 0.4 percent off next year. Maybe it'll be 4 percent off, or 10. I don't know, 10 percent off. But they've shown what they can do as a team now. And hey, you know, we can we, we can make this happen. We can we we can achieve that goal. If we lay it out there. We can also make it make it a reality. 
that becomes so tremendously empowering. Okay, and this is not the only client this has happened for. We have another client that here's a, a little different scenario. Through the first six months of the year, they were about 10% ahead of the plan, and then there were some changes that started to happen. And it started to kind of fall off. And so instead of being ahead of the plan, ahead of the plan, all of a sudden they started to kind of fall off a little bit. Okay, well, what do you do? Well, where most folks are, A, they don't have a plan, or B, they aren't reviewing They aren't reviewing if they do have it, right? So they aren't necessarily paying attention. Hey, they, hey, put all that great time. I put the weeks of time in that plan, Jack, and it's up there on the shelf collecting dust. But it was, it's a wonderful plan. You want to see it? I mean, gold stars and everything. You know, A-plus plan. It's we a great get plan. Those sarcastic uh, responses at, uh, from time to time with uh, these but, but people often will do it. They'll go, through, they'll go through some effort and put together a plan, but they, but they never come back to look at it. So you got to be looking at this thing every month. How are we doing? And what adjustments do we have to make? So all of a sudden, th- this other client had to make some adjustments because they wanted to be able to achieve, wanted to be able to achieve their plan. And started coming into, started coming into the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, things weren't, weren't happening. I had to make some tough choices in the fourth quarter. But the idea was, hey, this is what we're trying to achieve for the year. How are we going to do it? Well, I can hope and pray, cross my fingers, click my heels, whatever you, know, you, know, whatever you do, break a wishbone, whatever you do to, to try to have good luck versus, hey, let's adjust our plan. Let's, you know, again, it's, and what happens is it's not just you that owns the plan at that point. The team owns the plan. That's what you want. That's right. what you're moving to. And you like to talk about morale. That, that's one of the biggest morale builders. And people always say it's money. It's not money, especially for good employees. Money's important. Don't get me wrong. But being part of the process that wins is tremendously uplifting. And, and you know, you can't measure it. You can feel it, though. You can feel it in winning organizations. And if they're part of the the process that defines the future, there's nothing more exhilarating. Like, look what we did, guys. And you celebrate those those victories. They're small, but they're numerous, and they become infectious. And it becomes the culture of the company, which everyone likes to talk about. It's not foosball games and uh, popcorn don't machines make, don't in the lobby. Don't pick on foosball. Foosball's great, Jack. Uh, fo- foosball. <laughs> Foosball's great. I love foosball. Well, you play it in your basement. You don't play it in... Uh, anyway, that's, that's a discussion for another time. The best morale builder <laughs> is getting people involved in business and letting them grow yes. and let them understand what's going on. Put those thoughts in their mind that, you're, hey, this company's a great company to work for, and it's because of you, Adam, and you, Joe, and you, Mary. You know, these are... You're all part of the team. Look at the results we got this year. And, you know, now you got profits, and those profits came from the team effort. And those who didn't, you know, who those who aren't part of the team, people know it. And, you know, you adjust accordingly. But, yeah, planning is, is the way to go. It brings everything together in a company, and it allows you to measure. You know, you go into the year wanting these targets. And if we achieve these targets, it's been a great year. We can ask a lot of owners of small companies, did you have a great year last year? They don't even know. You know, they don't know how to describe that. They don't know if they've made a profit or not in many cases. I can't believe that. But, no, well, I can't believe we've been doing this for so long. We, we see it all the time. But if I'm running a company, I want to know how my people are, who they are, what they're doing. And, and uh I want to be making profits. If I can do those two things, my name won't be Sears. So, 
<laughs> Picking on everybody tonight, Jack. Look, the the you, you touched on something very important, which uh, you know, figuring out what motivates and drives your people, and what motivates and drives you may be the same or different than what drives your key leadership team, which may be the same or different from what drives the you know, the, the folks below them that who, who they're managing, and. You as the owner, it's hard to keep in touch with what motivates everybody. Once you get beyond, you know, a handful of employees on your team, again, it's hard because there's not enough time in the day. And but understand, like you were saying, Jack, money might be it. And you know, part of this gets driven from the culture, which is what's important to you as the owner. And money's, you know, and making profit makes all this stuff kind of go. But if that's the sole reason for being. It becomes a pretty tough, pretty heartless place. Okay, that's right. You feel it. You, yeah, you, you definitely feel it. And you aren't going to attract or retain those good people because if that's all they care about, somebody else is usually willing to pay them an extra buck or two an hour, or extra ten grand a year. We can give them a, a, a bigger bonus or a stock off. Again, if if they're chasing just the money, okay. Well, again, you start to attract those people, then and, and that you're constantly going to be turning them over. There's lots of other things that, that motivate them. You got you want to understand that. Maybe it's some time off. Hey, I have an extra half day off or, or an extra day off here or whatever it might be. That might be a big deal to somebody, right? Or some flexibility, what's kind of going on. Or, again, just you know, we, if we've been talking about the, the, the idea of being involved. There's a lot of things that, 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 that are important outcomes of planning that you might not be thinking about. That's why you got to be doing it. So we have some more things we want to share. We're up against our last break here. So you got to stick around here. A little bit, a couple more tidbits in terms of why planning is so important and what, what it can do to help your overall organization. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here. So stay tuned here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. All right, welcome back. we got our final segment here on Dirty Secrets of Small Already. Business tonight. Already here, Jack. Number one. I so you have just starting. only a few more minutes to get in. If you want to comment on this or you want to share your thoughts, you can call or text using the same number, 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468 if you want to talk about what we're talking about tonight in terms of our planning, some of the stuff you want to share that's worked for you or that why you don't do planning. Let me throw out this. I mentioned on the way out of the last break um, some of the, the side benefits of planning. And something that you may not be thinking about that's a top of mind right now, but chances are if you've been in business for a few years or maybe you've been in business for a few decades, one of the things that's kind of going through your mind, maybe you're pushing out, is what's your plan to exit? Do you have a plan to exit your business? Hell no, I'm only 32. Well, doesn't mean anything. What's that sure. have to do with anything, Jack? Uh, well, I want to stay with my business for a long time. Well, you may not I'm like this. I'm worried about exit. I'm worried about growing it. Well, you may grow it, but what happens if you get an offer you can't refuse? Sounds like one of those MBA questions. Oh, no, right, no, right hey. 15 pages now about why you need an exit plan. <laughs> uh, Try to put that thought in your mind in terms of what, you know, how do you get that company ready to sell at some point? Oh, that's different. Well, yeah, but it's part of the, it's, it's all this mindset in terms of, okay, well, what am I doing all this stuff for? Am I doing it just to get a paycheck? Am I doing it to employ people? Again, you hear in the, hear in the news, you know, for the last decade now, it's all about creating jobs, Jack, except when you talk to entrepreneurs. They aren't trying to create jobs. They're trying, to create, they're trying to create a business and they're trying to you know, you know, right. create a product or a service or, 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 or create profits to be able to make money for themselves. So what do you, you know, what's your plan? What, you know, what are you trying to do? 
We have uh, we have a number of clients that are in their 30s and 40s and 50s that have <laughs> sold their companies. Usually, it's their first company, right? Yeah, well, their second that company. wasn't a plan. That was an opportunity well, acted on. But they're often ready for it, Jack. That's There's right. People, oh. Most people are not ready for it. So we have another much yeah. different, much different. You got to be making profits. If you aren't making profits, you're you're well, you're going to end up getting rid of your company, but you're going to be Sears and Roebuck. They call that Roebuck anymore? Let's go by Sears, but yeah, it's officially still Sears and Roebuck, yeah. Yeah, the company's doomed. It's like General Electric, my favorite company (laughs) in the world. Used to be. Used to be. Used to be's don't count anymore, Jack. They just... Brush them away. How's that song go? It's uh, Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand. You don't send me flowers. Used to be. Used to be. be, Don't count anymore. They just brush them away. Right, right, right. I remember that. It's a good song. Anyway. Yes. So the plan (laughs) to get out you got to think about that a little bit in terms of how, how do you do it and, and the presenting. Can we come back to the presenting again? How do you present How do you present your company as the owner? And if you got no plans, because if somebody's coming to buy your company, they're going to ask you about your current numbers, but they say, well, what's the plan for this year? What do you, th- what do you think you're going to do? I'll, and if I'll, the first time you're answering that question is to somebody who might be a buyer of your company, what a stressful time that's going to be for you. Yeah, that, that, that probably is not going to go very well. Here, you here I'm running my company, Adam, to make a profit. It's going real well. I'm creating the right culture. I'm doing all the right things. Now, all of a sudden, somebody wants to buy me. Hey, it's time to think about what I want to do. I don't need to execute the, the exit. I'm not a big okay. believer in exit plans. Let me give you let me give a different plan. Though. Hold on. Let me give you a different plan. Let me give you a, it's a semi-exit plan that works. I know Ooh, we like that word. A, semi, a semi-exit plan. Which is, how do we get you out of day-to-day operations from where you are today? How do we change your role as the owner to where you aren't going to be so actively involved in doing the firefighting and, and doing all this stuff? How do we get you above the fray what's kind of going on? How does well, that happen? That's how, do, uh, who, how does who? i got to realize that. That's got to be, be – uh, those thoughts have to be put into my mind that, you know, real – all of a sudden I'm talking about selling the company – Creating value in the sense that my company is worth oh, this not, and that. Forget about selling. You, you, you poo-pooed exit planning as, a, as, a, as an MBA thing. So forget about exit planning right now, Jack. How are we going to get you out from being so involved day-to-day so I can get you some time away if you want or to, to be able some, to do different somebody's things? Somebody's got to put those thoughts okay. in my mind. It comes through a plan. Because how, how are you going to get comfortable stepping but, away? But if, I don't want to step away. I like my company. Well, Okay. I'm going to argue. Never want to step away. You never, want, you never want to step start away. I'm arguing with you tonight. Well, okay. Well, if you never want to step away, then, you know, again, people are, you aren't going to attract the best people that way either. If you're constantly hovering over the business, why? They, you know, again, you're going to knock them out of the way and do stuff anyway. You want, you know, you, you got to be able to, you got to be able to bring your people along. All right. There's ways to grow the company and do different things. If you want to just be stuck doing your thing and you have a job, that's something to- totally different. We aren't talking to job people. We're talking to people who are trying to grow their companies. And 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 to adjust and and grow themselves in terms of what they're trying to do, and most you may, people you, I think make a transition at them. They they realize they'd like to do something else, but that that I don't think comes to most people in that sense. Well, they, I don't think uh, most the opportunity does, and they take a step. Well, and you and I have talked about this a number of times. They take a step into a different world, a, a you know a different environment altogether. And then they adapt to that, and they find things. You know, we've coached a number of people on right. on moving away from your company. Well, there's a guilt. There's a guilt that comes with not working 80-hour weeks. There's a guilt that's there. We hear it. We see it. People talk about it. They, they can they confess that stuff to us, and it's they feel like they like they aren't working. We're okay. Well, wait a minute. If you have some good people who are in place, 
and they're presenting plans they're running stuff they're running stuff well enough that you can pull away a little bit you can adjust what's kind of going on. You find other other opportunities that, that, that can come into the business. And you'll get re-energized because chances are if you like working day in, day out, I'm going to guess at some point you are getting worn down, whether you want to admit it or not. But most people will get worn down by, again, day in, day out. If I'm working 80-hour weeks for, for the last 20 years, at some point there's got to be a way to – does that change? Or is it the same thing? Well, the only way it's going to change is you wanting to change it. But the plan – Planning is a way to get around this stuff because it's going to get you thinking differently. It's going to get your people involved once, differently. Once the decision is made, I agree. Yeah. You know, planning is planning's the way to do everything. Well, again, we're trying to help our audience understand why planning is important, some of the side benefits that they aren't thinking about right now. That's what we're doing. We're planting those seeds you're talking about, Jack, which is okay. You, know, you can push aside the exit, but that, that seeds have been planted. But how do we change what you're doing? Picture taking off an afternoon once a month to go do whatever. Whatever your hobby might be. Maybe you just go take a nap somewhere. Maybe you go shoot gun. Whatever, whatever you want to do. I don't take care. Take a nap. Boy, that's a good idea. Okay, but whatever, it's okay. You know, whatever. Go, go go, take a long weekend. Do something that you haven't done, you know, because part of what we try to help our, our clients understand, our owners of companies, that there are things you want to be able to do to kind of enjoy the ride. My comment earlier about the, the, the company, the client of ours, that didn't quite understand the 0.4% being off, How what a high-five moment that is. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. That's right. It doesn't happen yeah. every day. So let's not just keep, you know, plowing ahead. Let's pause. Stop. Okay. Hey, we got to celebrate a little bit. Hey, this is good stuff. Okay. You got to enjoy the ride along the way. And if we're constantly firefighting, we aren't putting together some plans, it's so hard to enjoy because you're constantly right back in the fight. Okay. It's got to we have to go again, go again, go again, go again. The planning is a way out of a lot of the stuff. And, it's, again, it's, a lot of those side benefits are there between your sanity and how you're running stuff, between your good people being there. And you find and you retain good people. You don't need a lot of good people in a small company. A handful or less will, will, will make a tremendous difference in the company. I agree. I agree. Just a couple. Yeah. And small you, percentage. And you get there not by hoping and wishing for it. You get there by doing some plans. So... Planning is. I'm with you, Bubs. Is a, is a, it has been a four-letter word in business, and it shouldn't be a, in small business, and it shouldn't be anymore. The plan is going to be the answer if you're doing it the right way. And our seven keys are, are the right way to do it, not a 50-page business plan. So if you go to MaximumVP.com, the MVP playbook link, you'll see seven keys of success. They're all right there for you. And if nothing else, start working on the profit plan to get, to get what's kind of going on. Bring your team together. Put a date in the calendar. Here in the next couple of months to you get know, the plan the started, key. and and by God, commit to it. Don't don't let something get sandwiched in there. That's right. I agree. All right, Jack. Happened again. Yes, it did. Almost eight fastest, o'clock. One fastest, fast hour. Fastest hour in radio. So, hey, we appreciate you for joining us for this week's edition of uh, Dirty Secrets of Small Business. As we said before, we're here every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. When we're not here in the studio, you can reach us at email us at radio at maximumvp.com or give us a call 877-849-0670. Hey, if you missed the you know prior shows or any other shows, don't worry. You can get those if you go to iTunes. You can subscribe to our podcast. And while you're there, please leave a uh, leave a review if you'd like to kind of do it and share the program. You also get that at our website we have a radio show tab on our website you can get that as well and you can check out wint radio you go there to their archive programs lots of ways to get a hold of the old shows too and listen to them over and over again and share them with your friends please do that and you can learn more dirty secrets of small business next wednesday at 7 p.m eastern hey thanks for listening on integrity radio wint 1330 a.m 101.5 fm and online wintradio.com